You are listening to the Tri-Quarter Transmissions Episode 6. And now, here are Craig and Jeff. Welcome to the Tricorder Transmissions, episode number six, Muds Women. We are your hosts, Jeff. And Craig. All right. How's it going, Craig? All right. All right. I want to talk to you about this book that just came out because it wasn't even on my radar. I don't think it was on yours either. No. But it's this book. It's called Star Trek, The Art of Juan Ortiz. And I'm going to read the write-up on it from Amazon. Cool. What if Star Trek, the original series episode, was a movie event? What would the movie poster look like? This was the inspiration to develop a -a one-of-a-kind set of images for the series that launched a franchise. Artist Juan Ortiz has created unique retro-style art with the look of a 60s movie poster, comic book, pulp novel, cover, or advertisement. Hmm. One each for all 80 episodes. And uh, the images I have seen are really, really cool. Yeah, after you mentioned that to me, I went on uh, Amazon and looked it up myself, and there's some cool looking stuff out there. So I looked up a little more information just to see what they looked like. And mm-hmm. th- they are pretty impressive work for the, I, I, this guy is a talented dude and he did a lot of work to put this stuff together. Yeah. And you know what? It, it's, it's, it's kind of cool in the sense that he was able to sort of convey uh, or, 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 you know, sort of break down every episode to its rawest yeah, elements. So yep. you've got some really, you know, uh, some of the posters are really, uh, you know, it's a minimalist approach in some of them yep. where, you know, it's really just, you know, uh, you know, just the facts as they used to say on Dragnet, not to drag another show into this. Yeah, I was impressed at what he was able to do w- with a minimalistic approach. Like he really mm-hmm. seemed to be able to capture the essence of the episodes with with relatively almost abstract yeah. type of imagery. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the 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 ability... not only to create that but to envision that Mm -hmm. and to be able to to go through the episodes and have a a close enough knowledge of those episodes to to produce something like that is pretty impressive to me yeah yeah and you know what i i do not know what the muds women one looks like but uh when i get this book i will uh i will you know i'm gonna anxiously um you know uh you know devour it if you will and really Mm. You know, uh, probably jump right through it. Uh, that's probably going to be on my holiday wish list. Oh, what's the What's the release date on that? It came out on the oh, 3rd. Oh, it came out already. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's only a couple of days ago. Yeah, and uh, once again, it's called Star Trek: The Art of Juan Ortiz. Juan also has a website. It seems like he's pretty closely related uh, to Star Trek, mm. um, and it looks like uh, the posters in this book. It looks like at one point he was doing a. Uh, a series where you could buy these in, in poster form. And I guess this book sort of bundles them all together because, uh, you know, while they're not incredibly expensive, the prints, 
Um, it would be very, very, very costly to get all eighty. <laughs> oh, I would imagine so because I think I, weren't the individual prices in the thirty to forty dollars. Yeah, range? I think it was like thirty four ninety five yeah. uh, for a set. So I'm not even sure oh, how many okay. came in a set. But still, that's that's a lot of uh, that's eighty episodes, and then also, so you would need the retail space for it too. So mm-hmm. having it all condensed right into a book is kind of neat, and then maybe you can pick and choose what episodes you want to put up on your wall. Yeah, exactly, and you know. This is the kind of stuff that I guarantee you're going to start seeing uh, bootlegged uh, versions of at the the cons and the conventions mm-hmm. so that, you know, with the vendors will have, you know, how they, they kind of bootleg people stuff and print them on those big 11 by 17 pages. I guarantee <laughs> yes. you're going to start seeing these there. Yeah, I actually have quite a few um, classic Bond movie posters. Yeah, I know. I have one. some I have some Star Trek stuff that I picked up uh, the last uh monster mania con i think it was and yeah they're beautifully detailed and they're not even credited to anybody so i have no idea who even originally drew these things but some of them are really really nice looking i have like a poster for a muck time oh cool really nice looking mm-hmm. poster and uh one for um city on the edge of forever the oh, nice. keeler must die really beautiful mm-hmm. stuff so and they're not even they have no little signatures or anything so i can't even tell you who did them yeah. But I guess I could probably Google around and, and figure it out. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I definitely look forward to to uh, talking this book with you a little more when we, we both get our hands on it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely so what right else is going on? on? Uh, well, I don't know how much of a fan you are of these things, but I'm a huge fan. And when I saw this announcement, I practically jumped out of my seat. So there is a new William Shatner album announced oh. for release on October the 8th of this year. And as with the previous Shatner albums, this one also seems to follow a theme. And this, again, is right up my alley. It is a prog rock album. Oh, wow. Okay. Featuring such greats as Vince Gill, Mick, Mick Jones, Rick Wakeman of Yes. I was assuming I would see his name. Yep. And Steve Vai. Wow. And others. So I'm uh, very, very excited about this. So I, I don't know how excited you would be about a Shatner record, but uh, you know I was I was hoping that he was going to push out another one because uh, yeah. the last two have been really really good in yeah. my opinion. Now the, the the last couple he's put out they've been mainly cover songs, right? No, uh, oh. well let me just the the the, the well besides the Transform Man. Mm-hmm. which came out in the 60s, which was yeah. all cover songs and, uh, you know, Shakespearean readings and the like. The um, the album that came out a few years ago that he did with Ben Folds yes. called Has Been was mostly originals. Okay. Uh, there were a couple covers, like Common People. Yeah. Um, and didn't he do Iron Man? Not on that record. Oh, okay. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, no, and the, the record that came out uh, after that uh, which uh, was a record, an album of all covers, and it was like a space travel theme. So oh, right. he had okay. uh, you know space Odd- oddity on there, yeah. and uh, she blinded me with science, which we used in the does the intro to last the last week. show. Yep, yeah. and uh, a bunch of bunch of but they actually on the last record he had a I think it was Seeking Major Tom I believe is the this title yeah. of that one. There's a Pink Floyd cover on there. Okay, now hey, did you buy that by any chance? Did you buy that? at vintage vinyl the the last Shatner record? yeah yeah okay because i think i was with you when you bought that you may well have been yeah. you may well have been i uh i remember being really excited when i saw it there it was a, a double disc 
So that was even more exciting that mm-hmm. there was a whole bunch of content. And, you know, as as cheesy as people think Shatner's music career is, I, I actually really entertained by it. There's some stuff that that makes my uh, my big playlist that I keep on my phone. So I have a you know a couple thousand songs on my phone. It's a condensed version of all of my favorite tracks from my music collection. And there's quite a few of his tracks on there. Yeah, I, I have to fess up that I I have little more than a, a passing knowledge of his uh, his musical output. Well, maybe this is time for you to get educated. Yeah, you know what? No, no better time than the present, right? Yeah, perhaps maybe, maybe next time we do some recording, I'll, I'll bring over the uh, the albums that I have, and you can uh, take take them for a spin and see what you think. Yeah, yeah, very so, cool. Uh, it can be said, I think that has been, which was the the release with Ben Folds a, a few years back, mm-hmm. was actually quite a serious record. It wasn't really meant to be a goof for the most yeah. part. There were a couple of, of kind of a you know tongue in cheek tracks on there, but there was some really serious stuff on there, and it, it's definitely worth a listen as a spoken word piece with a talented guy like Ben Folds behind it and some other talented artists on there, it really shapes up to be a, a quality record in my opinion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's definitely cool to see that, uh, that Shatner is still producing in, in, in several different mediums for, you know, a, a guy who could be, uh, enjoying, uh, his, his, his retirement or, yeah. you know, his retirement years. Um, and, um, you know, he, you know, he did the one man show. He, he's, you know, starred in sitcoms recently Mm -hmm. he's written books you know and 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 he's doing his music so and documentaries so yeah yeah that one he did uh the captains was very very uh very very cool i actually did a write-up for that when it came out and um yeah it's 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 cool to see you know that he keeps busy and sort of uh you know keeps uh captain kirk uh, (laughs) out there for everybody to see the original captain kirk lives on despite chris pine (laughs) <laughs> so this week we're talking, we're going to be talking about Mud's Women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are we, are we ready to, to dive into some of the info? you have anything else to share before that? No, I don't think so. I think, I think, I think we're good. Okay, so uh, the re- original release date, the original air date, rather, for Mud's Women was October 13th of 1966. Uh, so, you know, about a month from where we are today. And the remastered version aired on April 26th of 2008. Yeah, yeah. It's still interesting to me how they um, how they decided to uh, remaster these. This was the sixty sixth of eighty um, in terms of you know release order. Yeah. So it it was one of the earliest produced, but one of the last to get the remastered treatment. So yeah. Uh, and the strange thing is, is this is a rather popular episode as mm-hmm. far as villains are concerned. You know, a lot of people. When you, when you talk about Star Trek villains, a lot of fans will, will jump to not only, of course, Khan, but yeah. you jump to guys like Harry Mudd. So it's it's surprising to me that they waited so long to remaster Mudd's women. So I wonder where the other Mudd episode fit in in the remaster. I You'd assume that if this was 66, it was probably some point after that. You would think. Well, let me take a look real quick here. And, All right. Uh, Wow, this is kind of surprising. So the the uh, second Mud episode, which was part of the second season, aired on November 3rd of 67. But the remastered version of that episode was the sixth of 80 produced. So quite significantly yeah. earlier. 
and it was aired on October 14th of 2006. That's kind of weird. Yeah, you know what? For all the confusion, we, we've talked about the original running order of the series. Mm. It sounds like the remastered running order might even be more confusing. Yeah. I, wow. That is kind of shocking to me. Yeah, yeah. And let us uh, I'll give a real quick right, uh, rundown of the episode. Uh, the Enterprise rescues a con man named Harry Mudd who is trafficking in mail-order brides. Yeah, intergalactic pimp. Great stuff. Really <laughs> so do you want to get stuff. to it? Yeah, why don't, we, uh, why don't we get to it? So we'll start our episode in three, two, one. Welcome to Mud's Women, a place where all of us would probably like to be. <laughs> So this episode, we start right in the thick of it. Yep. Um, we have the remastered version of uh, of Mud uh, or or the the ship that they are sort of pursuing. It's a ship that they they tried to, I guess, um, ha- you know, hail, and it's 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 uh, refusing yeah. to talk to them, and they they chase chase it into an asteroid field, which is very, very Star Wars-like. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Before you know, Star Wars. I have to say, you know, while we're getting a couple good shots of this uh, this other helmsman here, next, and notice Uhura is in a gold uniform in this yeah. episode, so See, this we're still is again, not fully yeah. gelled. Uh-huh. Uh, this other helmsman, I'm, really, I'm glad they got rid of him eventually, because <laughs> he's really, uh, he, he doesn't really seem like he fits the part. Mm-hmm. You know? And I realize when they, you know, they bring Chekhov in quite a bit later, but uh, there's a pretty cool remastered effect here with the asteroid belt, something yeah. that they couldn't do uh, originally back in the 60s when this episode was produced. They really didn't have the budget mm-hmm. or the capability to produce this uh, this much of a, a cool-looking uh, little maneuverable ship there and the asteroids yeah, even the flying asteroids. around it. They look pretty good. Yeah, I'm actually going to tell you Are that you? for most of the episodes that we've done so far, yeah. I have watched the... Original get out version of the episode, and then for the commentary track we That's do commitment. Um, I watch the the remastered that version, and commitment. it kind of it keeps it a little you know interesting for me. Mm. Not that it's not interesting to sit here and talk to you and watch the episodes, of course. But I, think so, yeah. um, it, I figured if there's ever going to be a time where I'm going to see uh, the differences yeah, between yeah, yeah. Yep. the uh, the original and the remaster, sure. this is the time to do it. Yep, absolutely, I agree. So basically, the the sh- Kirk is putting a tremendous amount of um, resource drain on yep. the, the Enterprise, protecting um, the ship that mm-hmm. that's in the asteroid field mm-hmm. with them from being destroyed by asteroid hits. Yep. Uh-huh. So one is, this, um, was, is this the first time we realize or that we're getting a, a, a taste of the ship actually being able to be drained of resources? Yeah, I'd have, it may I'd, be the first time. Mm-hmm. I, I have to go back and look at the previous episodes, but I don't recall there being any episodes that had a uh, a significant drain on ship's power. Oh, sure, and this is definitely the first reference of uh, lithium crystals. I was going to mention that too. Yeah. yeah, you know, which uh, at some point mutated into dilithium crystals, or was dilithium um, something that they eventually graduated to? Showing a little bit of my uh, my Star Trek. Uh, you know, uh, lack of Star Trek knowledge when it comes to lithium versus dilithium. Dilithium, right, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure somebody listening to this podcast right now is going, you guys are idiots. (laughs) How do you not know? Yeah. So Mud's Women was one of three scripts that was submitted for um, 
the you know, sort pilot, of perusal yeah. as the second pilot. Yeah. Watching this, it, it's, it really seems like a, a, a weird episode to present as a pilot episode of a show. Yeah. Um, I guess the only thing was they were thinking, hey, we'll have three real sexy women. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that will get the executives to... Uh, to say, okay, maybe you guys aren't as cerebral as uh, as we we thought. Well, it's a, a good idea. Uh, well, actually, I'm I'm kind of thankful that it didn't work out to be the pilot. Yeah, I mean, I don't th- I don't think there's really enough on display here to introduce it as the first episode of a series. No, not that I think where no man has gone before is is really good for that either. So they they're they're beaming uh, the people from the uh, the other ship over before it's destroyed. What an outfit! Yeah. What an outfit! You know, it's funny you, you, when you uh, you look you look at this episode, you'll see some scenes coming up in this episode where you realize just how tall uh, Mud was. Yeah. He towers mm-hmm. over everyone. Yeah. And even he, Nimoy, who is he, one of the tallest yeah. people in this entire mm-hmm. show. And here he's introducing himself as Leo Walsh, mm-hmm. um, which we all, uh, if we don't already know, we will soon know is a, is an assumed name. He's mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. keeping his uh, his identity a secret for some reason. And now they're buzzing uh, or beaming in the only the, the only three other people that were on the uh, the craft, supplementing with battery power. So we've now yeah. established that this ship has batteries mm-hmm. as well as this lithium. Yeah. Uh oh. And now that we've established we have three lithium crystals, right? Yeah. Which again, you know, uh great effect on the remastered version here with the ship getting blown up. mm -hmm. And oh very cool. Very cool. So now um the three people that were being beamed up there they're in limbo somewhere. Yep. And we'll see a little bit of the transporter heroics. All you got to do is pull those three levers down. <laughs> yeah. Whenever something's going wrong, you pull the levers down. And va, 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 boom. And boom. It even Spock is fascinated. Uh, yeah. By these three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh-oh. Look at McCoy. He can wipe the drool off your face. Up, <laughs> uh, Scotty apparently is interested in the dark-haired... McCoy is interested in the uh, the bombshell and the red dress. Nobody seems to like the chick in the purple dress, but I, I think she's the best looking one out of the three. Honest with you. Yeah, and and out of the three, she was the only one that actually worked as a model. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. talk about the the two other girls uh, later, but um, I believe that uh, she uh, was a, an Austrian. Yep, model. she's Austrian. Yep. Um, um, whereas the other two uh, ladies were were actresses or uh, somehow involved in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kirk is very very yeah, Kirk sort is of mad hot right now. Yeah, that um, he's sort of done what he's done to his ship, uh, you know, in the service of getting these people safely off of yep. their ship, which they had, uh, yeah. you know, put a lot of people in danger. So yeah, Kirk doing his duty here to mm-hmm. to save these people from. Uh, even despite the fact that they were running away, yeah, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some other other means or, or other reasons for for not wanting to be captured, yeah. But uh, Kirk still stuck his neck out. Yeah, yeah. Walsh will make a, a kind of a weak argument later mm-hmm. as to why he was sure, you know, disobeying their uh, mm-hmm. you know their their hail. 
Well, quite the charlatan he turns out to be. Yeah. So here we go, and they all peel off, Mm -hmm. but looking backward, alluringly. Mm -hmm. And uh, here we see the, you know, McCoy and Scotty are uh, trying to keep their desires in check. I'd have to imagine that, uh, you know... um Prime time in the in the mid sixties. Yeah, this was probably uh, pretty racy. Interesting viewing for uh, Mm. you know a lot of a lot of teenage boys. uh, Oh sure, they got a little bit of a treat. uh. Quite racy. Well, you know, it's funny that some of the outfits. Well, all of the female outfits, uh, the uniforms, could be considered quite racy. Those skirts couldn't be much shorter. Yeah, and even uh, when you see females who are not of the ship. A lot of times their outfits, costumes and outfits, are very racy as well. Mm-hmm. We had a quick little moment there where Mud um, identifies Spock as being partially yep. Vulcan. That was a, a, something I had I wanted to bring up as yeah. well. Like, So how does Mud know that he's not a, that full, he's Vulcan? Not a full Vulcan? Yeah. Right. I mean, when you see Spock, we won't see any other Vulcans for quite a while mm-hmm. in this show. But... When you see Spock next to other Vulcans, he doesn't really have differences in appearance that yeah. would make him stand out as not fully yeah. uh, like Vulcans. When you see people, uh, you know, in real life that are of mixed races, usually you can you can tell like oh you know you can tell when people are are you know human beings mm-hmm. are of mixed yeah origin. But so how does mm-hmm. Mud have that type of knowledge? Yeah. So maybe. So has have we gotten a little bit of a reveal here about uh, Mud's? Uh, I don't want to say worldliness because it's you know what's the term for galaxiness yeah. or university uh-huh. universe universalness? Yeah. So he's I, been around. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing you can sort of point to here is that <laughs> the Spock character at this point in the production wasn't, and we've used this term before, fully baked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Spock's right here is a good example. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a smirk. So whoa, <laughs> yeah. I think Mud might be saying, "Hey, this yeah, guy yeah. is a little bit more emotional than most Vulcans." Yeah, but that 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 little the little head flip that yeah. Spock just would make a great GIF. <laughs> I got to remember and go back and get one and make a GIF out of that. that so here here's Walsh explaining why he was yeah. evading uh, the ship, and this might be a good authority. time to talk about yeah. uh, the Let's actor playing Leo Walsh sure. slash uh, Mud. Um, it is an actor by the name of Roger C. Carmel who died in 1986. Mm-hmm. And this guy, I've got to tell you, he did some great, great work. Like what? He, he was a one-time voice of Smokey the Bear. Get out. <laughs> and he also voiced Cyclonus Ooh, on two seasons of the Transformers animated series. I'm a huge Transformers mm-hmm. fan, so uh, there we go. And he also appeared as Senior Noggles in TV ads for the Southern California <laughs> Noggles fast food restaurant train. Oh, really? Chain. Never Noggles, heard of that chain. Um, they merged with Del Taco in 1988, oh, all right. all which right. is still around. Yep, yep. But um, if you go online, you can find a lot of those um, those Noggles TV ads with um, with Senior Noggles. Um, and Carmel played – he was one of two guys uh, to play senior Noggles. Interesting – a side note here is uh, knowing what you know about George <laughs> Takai today. Yeah. Now, here's George Takai on Star Trek pretending to be interested in these girls, yeah, yeah. right? Doing a good job. So, yeah, yeah, doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Doing a great job. And uh, there's actually – is there a point in uh, – one of the future Star Trek, maybe Star Trek Six, where he uh, he he 
Fane's interest in a Klingon woman. I think so, yeah. Him and Chekhov are, mm-hmm. are eyeballing up one of the Klingon mm-hmm. women. And now here is um, Walsh slash Mud conferring with his with his women. Mm-hmm. And he's basically asking the security guys to leave, um, they, which they cannot. And he's telling the girls basically... Don't submit to a medical exam. Yeah, but don't lie. You know, answer yeah, questions yeah. when they're when they're asked of you. Mm-hmm. Well, what if they ask about... Oh, there's some... <laughs> now we're seeing there's a little bit of a mystery going on here. What's the truth? Uh-huh. Just let Leo Wait. take the hard... And he's, he's in character. He's using his assumed name still. Yeah. And he's got that wonderful sort of... Um, it's like a globe almost earring. Yeah. And she called him Harry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great earring. It's only in one ear, too. Yeah. That had to annoy the heck out of him. Sure, it's got to have a, uh, some kind of weight to it. But he's selling it. Yeah. He's selling the character. Now, Mud is, is one of those characters who is going to pop up on another episode of the series, which is kind of rare. And, Two more. And, yeah, and he's also, uh, I guess you're counting the animated series. episode. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk, I guess, about the writer at this point. Sure. Because he was involved in in, in some of those future episodes. Um, Stephen Candell, working from a story uh, by Gene Roddenberry. He also wrote Gidget, uh, episodes of Gidget, Ooh. Batman 66, nice. I Spy, The Wild Wild West, Mission Impossible, Mannix, Wonder Woman, Heart to Heart, MacGyver. And he also, in addition to the, the Mud episode of the Five animated series, yes, he wrote um, two episodes of the animated series. Mm. So uh, a, a very so interesting career. Um, yeah. That spanned, you know, decades, you know, if he was writing episodes yeah. of MacGyver in the 80s. Yeah, it's one thing we've, we've come across a lot about in these Star Trek episodes. These writers that write these episodes have really gone on to have long writing careers and yeah. a lot of other shows that really were popular oh, yeah. throughout the years. So, you know, I think it says a lot about the quality of some of these old episodes and you see these these talented writers who worked on this show. Mm-hmm. I think it also speaks to sort of how the, the system was mm-hmm. in the 60s. Oh, you sure. Know? The Writers Guild there. Yeah. So now we have a... Uh, Oh, this is great! Our first formal hearing, if you will, that we're that we're witnessing. Yeah, and you got this is another demonstration of technology. Uh, the the uh, the Enterprise computer is apparently also a very advanced polygraph. Yeah, so it I guess can it's tell. easy enough for the computer to scan uh, or listen for fluctuations in his voice or uh, deviations in his speech pattern. Uh-huh. To, to, uh huh. To Spock's size. Yeah. <laughs> And here we learn finally that Leo Walsh is in fact um, Harry Mudd. And the computer still says incorrect. <laughs> yes. Harcourt Fenton Mudd. Yeah. And we learn that uh, that Mudd's got a little bit of history. Yeah. And the computer has uh, all of his records here. Here we go. Full data coming on the screen. Oh. And he's got like a kind of digital driver's license here. Yeah. And he's basically a smuggler. And the girls are a little worried here that the computer can read their minds, but uh, and he's being listed as six one, which seems kind of yeah. Short. I think actually he was six three. Yeah, I believe mm-hmm. because I think Nimoy is six one. Yeah. Well, he is wearing boots in this episode. Though. That's true. That's true. F- future police record code. You see that? <laughs> yes. Future police. Yes. Without that, we got to we've got to pause that at one point and read that yeah. that little uh, that note about him. Uh, there's a nice shot of the uh, the globe like yeah earring. that weird bizarre looking 
A, me- a vessel without a master's license. But he does have a master's ticket. Uh, nope, and it was revoked. <laughs> yes. Can't get anything by the Enterprise computer there, Harcourt Fenton. <laughs> Not going to work. You might make Spock sigh again if you try hard enough. Leo Walsh used to be the captain on this trip and passed away, right? And here we go with more uh, bizarro Yeah, so we learned that basically Mudd was sort of dealing in identity theft. Yeah, really. <laughs> Now, but we're left to we're left to wonder here if these women have some sort of mystical powers over men. Mm-hmm. What it, it, it's not really explained yet, so we're, they're letting the audience uh, uh, fizzle on this and try to figure out if, if they have some sort of a sway mm-hmm. over men. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem to work on Kirk though. But it yeah. got Spock to notice. Yeah, yeah. I think and Kirk as captain is is showing a little bit more. Uh, strength um and now they're yeah he's, well, he's riding that wave of anger he's still pretty pissed yeah you know the computer it, was uh doing it, uh, a beam on the on the females and uh they're getting no, no information reading so what are they yeah and then here's a sort of a, a stat that's going to be stricken from the record uh the yeah. captain's going to have you know you know uh you know spot go back and erase that but they're saying that the uh the crew have a heightened blood pressure and perspiration, and uh, yeah. basically the uh, the male members of the crew are hot and bothered. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say those three chicks are salt monsters. <laughs> they're salt monsters, and they're waiting for the right time to pounce. That's the mystery here. I solved it. Although they they're not showing any signs of of needing to feed, so well, it, maybe we haven't seen the evidence yet. Maybe there's some bodies in some lockers. Never know. Yeah. So now the computer can also discern your true intentions. <laughs> and while we have another little gap, I guess we'll we'll talk about director uh, Harvey Hart, who died in 1989. He was a film and TV director, and he won a Golden Globe for the miniseries East of Eden in 1981, um, which um, I'm familiar with in name only. Hmm. So now we're learning something interesting here, if we're learning the truth about these women, is that uh, they they all come from planets that have no men. Mm-hmm. So herein lies a couple of different angles. So uh, one is, is Mud running some sort of international, uh, uh, you know, uh, mail order bride <laughs> service? Pretty much. So he's, so essentially he's an intergalactic pimp in a way, right? He's... He's he's transporting this cargo yeah. to these lonely miners on another planet. Yeah. So and who are looking for long term companionship but, in in you know but, to be fair. You know to be fair. <laughs> well, you know, this is another thing that, that kind of bugs me about this episode is that, you know, as progressive as progressive as uh, Star Trek was, <laughs> these three women, for some reason or another, are relegated to wanting nothing more than being married in life. Like, you know, that, that I think, it, it, it kind of casts a strange light because uh, you see these successful uh, women that are, that are standing side by side with the men on this ship. They're, they're scientists, uh, you know, they're doctors and nurses, offices. communications yeah. people. They're integral parts of the Enterprise and, and the workings of Starfleet in general. Mm-hmm. But yet here we are, Seeing, you know, three women who, 
you know, I guess in the sixties, you know, men still felt that, well, some people feel that way today too, but mm-hmm. you know, in the sixties, especially there was still a very, uh, you know, chauvinistic mm-hmm. uh, way about society, you know, and, and, uh, you know, these women, I guess are, are written in such a way that they fit into the sixties, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily seem to fit into the same molds as women in the future in the star trek universe yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you could almost sort of maybe equate these these women to reality show stars you know or housewives if you will you know real housewives housewives of uh, of something of rigel 12 right yeah (laughs) and now he's gonna want he's gonna take over the enterprise as everybody seems to want to take over the enterprise but he's pretty sure that he will uh, because Unbeknownst to uh, the captain, he he has plans uh, for Eve to do a little bit of seducing. Oh yeah, fourteen hours out of Rigel Seven. Rigel Seven is mm-hmm. a really popular planet. Yeah, yeah. I said Rigel Twelve before uh, incorrectly. Yeah, so lithium replacements. Um, and then we get the title of the episode: Muds Women. Muds Women, which there well, he was. Yes, but the women are allowed the free roam of the ship. Yeah. Yeah. So far, uh, oh, so here we go. Here's uh, here's seduction one. Yes, Ruth. She's going to seduce good old Doctor McCoy here. Yeah, and this is um, an actress by the name of Maggie Threat, who, aside from Trek, is mainly known as a singer. She put out um, a couple of uh, records in the '60s, and her entertainment career basically ended in 1970 when she was married. And uh, became devoted to raising a family. So, oh, uh, you know, um, it's interesting to see these people who sort of have second lives, if you will, where, you know, she was, you know, in the public spotlight and then decided, you know, I guess, you know, to to, uh, to become a, you know, devoted wife and mother, yeah, which she, is kind she of She pulled the Rick Moranis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so um, she's out there somewhere, you know, a, a grandmother at this point, you know. Yeah, but she's, uh, she's enjoying her life. Yeah. And, you know, her grandkids can say, hey, our, 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 our grandmother at one time was uh, on Star Trek. Yes. I'm sure they sent her a copy of the Blu-ray so she can watch it with her family at Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. Look at grandma seducing old <laughs> Dr. McCoy. Yeah. And here McCoy is trying to figure out why his his medical equipment is um, sort of acting up mm. when uh, Ruth stands in front of it. And it almost looked like the way she posed, she, she was the one that had a trigger. Yeah, she was pressing the, a button to turn yeah. those lights on. They have some sort of trigger on the side there. Yeah. I find it hard to believe that they couldn't have done that off screen. Yeah, but. really. Oh. Yeah, we see McCoy, you're, you're a little weak-willed here, buddy. Yeah, and uh, Ruth has arguably the, the most... Um, provocative um, costume of all the girls. I know uh, the one girl has a very low cut, but here Ruth has a, a, a cut down the side where you can see the bottom of her breast, which yeah. is a little a little provocative. Uh-oh. I mean, Eve, for the most part, is pretty much covered. It's form-fitting, don't get me wrong. Yeah, when you got the, well, you got the slice across the it, bottom there, yeah. so you almost get a little glimpse of, of private areas there. Yeah. And and they send uh, they send uh, Eve in here to uh, to work her mojo. Oh boy, mm-hmm. the men are following and, her with their eyes. Yeah, and Eve is played by Karen Steele, who unfortunately mm-hmm. we lost in uh, 1988. She uh, died of uh, cancer. That's a shame. Um, but she had a lot of uh, TV appearances. Um, 
I include uh, some of the multiple appearances she had. She appeared on two episodes of Perry Mason and also two episodes of Surfside 6, which was a a Mm. detective show. (laughs) Um, And she also appeared in the uh, Oscar-winning film Marty with Ernest Ah, Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine went on to win uh, an Oscar for his performance Ah. in Marty. And we both had the opportunity to to meet meet Ernest Borgnine. More, More important than winning awards, he got to meet us. Yes. And I got to okay. say, we... we uh, he was a cool guy. Yeah, here in Jersey, we have the Monster Mania convention yeah. that happens... We are very fortunate. ...twice a year. It happens in the, the spring and fall. Yep. yep. Um, the fall edition normally falls right around Halloween. Mm-hmm. And it's currently being held up in Parsippany, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to say, when we went, we went on a Friday night to meet Bor- Borgnine. Yep. So the, the Friday night session is is sort of um, shortened. You know, yeah. normally on Saturday it goes from 11 to 5 or something. Yeah, typically less crowded on Friday nights, which is why we usually yeah. opt for that one. Yeah, so this one went from like 6 to 11 or something. Yeah. Borg 9 out of all the people there uh-huh. was the only guy that did not take a break. He was a trooper, man. Yeah. He and he, was, at his age? Yeah, yeah. You know, he really, and he gave you, he gave each fan who came over to him a couple of minutes of his time, yeah, yeah. which is not a common thing yeah, yeah. at these conventions. Usually, yeah. they're you're you're in and you're out. They, yeah. you know, they'll snap a picture with you and pat you on the back and send you on your way. But Borg and I actually sat to sit down, yeah, yeah. introduced himself. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really really cool yeah. to see. We didn't get Borg Nine until well late. Oh, it was the late. Night. His line. Had, it was, had, and it was still he, a, he saw a line yeah, too. And I even asked him about it. I said, "Mr. Borg Nine, you didn't take a break." And he said, "What am I going to take a break for?" <laughs> he's a trooper man yeah so it's very cool to sort of see that i guess that old school hollywood mentality there where yeah. he had a job to do and he, he was going to do it ethic, whereas man. there were certain people at the at the convention who were away from their table more than they were at it mm-hmm. so the girls seem kind of agitated here yeah and we're gonna get our our you know we're gonna sort of get final indication of uh or a final reveal of, of what exactly is going on here and, 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 you know, the secret that these girls have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, there's indication the of... guard of, outside his door. Yeah, of how high the Enterprise is when it is sort of uh, orbiting a planet. And uh, Ruth indicated that there'll be hundreds uh, miles above. So, and here... Uh. The whole plan is in jeopardy because... <laughs> Eve's got some trouble with yeah. this, man. And she says, flat out, I don't like you to mud. Yeah, she, she's a good girl, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think she, she's got the most morality mm-hmm. out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And she's really struggling with this. And she's selling it, man. Yep, she's not feeling she very well. She doesn't feel good... Uh, and look at those nails, man. She's yeah, got a man. nice manicure. I don't know if those are press-on nails or... Uh, I don't know, but they could cut an eyeball right out yeah, of your head. they are sharp. And Mr. Farrell, boy, he's preoccupied. Yeah. I think he needs to be relieved of duty. <laughs> and yep. Captain getting a little stern there saying, yeah. this is the last time I'm giving hey, an order man. twice. Kirk is, uh, Kirk is a solid captain. Mm. He's not going to put up with yeah. any of this nonsense. And it is Rigel 12. Is it? Um, as Scotty just uh, indicated. Really? Oh, uh, yes. maybe my Roman numeral reading is off. Yeah. I guess my, my advanced age. Yeah. It is Rigel 12. So we've seen Rigel 7 in an earlier episode, and now we're in Rigel, Rigel 12. So we see that the, the Enterprise is in its five-year mission, mission is sort of really leisurely going through. Um, yeah, 
You know, you don't know how many planets there are in the Rigel system. So. No clue. But they'll get there eventually. Yeah. Uh-oh. And we're, we're figuring out something's going on here. Measurement for measurement. Yeah. Any other woman you've known. McCoy saying, what makes these ladies yeah, different? what makes them different? Yeah. Ah, so so here in now this is I think this is a great time for for me to dive into the old philosophical yeah overall theme of this episode and to be honest with you uh, this is the first time I've had a hard time discerning a real uh, overall overarching theme or philosophy uh-huh. so I had a couple of different things yeah um, now one of the things that that comes up near the end of this episode is uh and this is kind of questionable that kirk comes up with this but uh kirk uh, seems to imply that a woman's true beauty comes from her just from her confidence mm-hmm. so she doesn't have to look good as long as she's confident right and i agree with that excellent to a message. certain extent to a certain message. but yeah. that message is only a tiny fraction of what we're getting from this episode. It only comes out at the end. So if you read, if you take the entire episode as a whole, mm-hmm. that's not really the prevailing message of the yeah. whole show, is it? I don't think it is. Uh-huh. But what, is there a message of this show? I mean, what what, what could be taken from this show? Um, don't do drugs, <laughs> right? Don't do drugs. Yeah. So the girls are taking some sort of a drug uh-huh. that alters their appearance. Uh, don't trust charlatans. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, Mud is is a charlatan, and and he's leading these girls down the, a, a bad path. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for his own ends. Uh, what else? Pimps still exist in the future. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think what? if anything, it, it's uh, oh, ooh, oh and, wow. And now Ruth is showing that um, she doesn't look quite as attractive as she used to. And, and Mud can't find the yeah. pills. Mm-hmm. I think if anything, it's a commentary on the fact that. Even in the future, um, as advanced as society becomes, it's still going to be an image-based society. It's wow. still going to be based on the... You think it's that grim of a message? Wow. That is, <laughs> that is a tough one to swallow, man. Well, I'm not sure. I, don't, I, I wouldn't consider that grim, but I mean, I think That's the idea that, me, man. that, you know, beauty... Even though there is a sort of a you know the eye of the beholder uh, type yeah. uh, idea, is that beauty is is still going to be considered important? Man, you think mm-hmm. even with all of these great technological advances, the fact that we we we've breached the stars, we we've traveled light years away from our planet of origin, we've met alien races. I mean, our minds have got to have been have to have been expanded. Millions of times just by realizing we're not alone in the universe, but yet we're still shallow enough to be so focused on appearance Mm -hmm. that these women would have to take pills Mm -hmm. to make themselves appear more beautiful just to get what they want. I don't know, because if we if we sort of jump ahead 150 years or so or however long beyond our own lifetimes. Well, no, but I mean, into the next generation where Picard is is, is a, a a captain who has male pattern baldness, and you'd think that in that future they would have cured it, but it also suggests maybe that they did. It doesn't matter to him. Maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. So it does but, show that there is a little bit of a difference in society in you know being accepted uh, or accepting baldness um, and still be able to be a captain. I know in Love Boat, Captain Stubing. Nobody questioned his ability to captain, uh, and he was bald. 
But, you know, I know a lot of people argued at the time it came out, oh, there's a bald Starfleet captain. And there's the mm-hmm. idea that it didn't matter. So maybe there's a double standard in the future where men are allowed to sort of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think what really what we're seeing is that, you know, the, these these episodes, you know, this series and The Next Generation, mm-hmm. they, 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 they were. They're reflections of the times in which the episodes were written, not the times that they were writing about sure. in the episode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> that's that was one of my big problems with the episode that I, like I talked about before. I think that, uh, you know, th- it focuses a lot on, um, you know, the appearance of these three women. Mm-hmm. But historically, on the rest of the series, the success uh, and, and fulfillment of the women on the show is not based on their appearance but yeah. based on what they're doing their ability what their and their their brains their abilities mm-hmm. um you know so that, that that's a it's a tough pill that pill for me to yeah, swallow yeah. you know pun not intended but maybe sort of intended yeah. and here we have a great scene where yep kirk pretty much flat out says these women are not a commodity that can be traded mm-hmm. because the miners are now up and they're saying uh, we're willing to give you the uh, the lithium crystals in exchange for Mud and his women. And uh-huh. without them, you're going to be stranded here in space or worse. And uh-huh. Kirk comes back and says, yeah, you may cripple our Starfleet, but how crippling would it be to not have any Starfleet support? So yeah. I kind of like, you know... Um, yeah, that's a good negotiator. That's a good, good piece yeah, of Kirk there. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of like that Kirk is able to sort of wield the entire... Yeah power of Starfleet <laughs> yeah. here and say to these miners, hey, like, you're hey, not going to push us around. Nah, man. You know, and also yeah. that the, the, the needs of the many outweigh Way the, the needs, needs of the few or, or the, the one. one. Oh, you know, man. where Kirk is basically willing to sacrifice um, the Enterprise, yep. you know, you know, f- you know, to basically, you know, stay morally Yeah, he's, he's, he's sticking to his ideals, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, and, and, and he's he's uh, not allowing these women to be traded because you know, I think most people, most people would agree that you know human lives are not something that can be commoditized. Mm-hmm. Maybe, mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, most people would agree to that. Yeah, and it's nice to see that that ideal exists in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, this nice, is a nice remastered shot yeah. here. We get we we see the different sort of uh, the domiciles they have set up. Yep, and of course they don't beam directly inside. Yeah, it doesn't look like a very fun planet. No, you no, know, you, not at all, not at all. You can imagine that the uh, the, the the miners down there, the three of them, and they each have their own quarters, which is kind of neat. This is what's maddening to me about this, though. You know, this they can. This is the future. Yeah. They build these uh, these huts and domiciles for these guys, but they leave three guys alone on a mining planet. That's just not necessary. Why are these guys alone? It uh, makes no sense to me whatsoever well, why a, they would be left alone on a mining planet. Just three guys. Yeah, three guys. That's well, it. Well, so we could have a nice, simple sort of resolution for yeah, our Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plot convenience. Yep, it's a plot convenience, which, you know, unfortunately... Blah, blah, blah. Doesn't mean I can't question it. Yeah, oh, sure. I'm mm-hmm. still questioning it. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, boy. And they're sort of pairing off. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Now, Kirk is a hell of a guy for not whipping out his phaser and pinning that guy to the wall and saying, give us the goddamn crystals already. Yeah. What are you messing around for? Mm-hmm. Which is what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. And Kirk almost sort of handles this in a, um, a Picard-type manner. He does. <laughs> now, this is significant to me yeah. right here. He is telling her how crappy of a planet this is to live yeah. on. It is a terrible place. The wind is howling all the time. You're hearing some magnetic storm going on yeah. here. You know, this poor woman who's been flown halfway across the galaxy, all three of them, are now going to be living in this <laughs> crap hole? Yeah. But they'll be, they'll be uh, taking care of their man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's frustrating. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. And you know, they were just, all three of them were just on a starship mm-hmm. where they all bore witness to women who were productive, successful, mm-hmm. and, and, and fulfilled people. Yeah. And they still opt for this kind of life, real, not having seen what, what potentials were out there for them. They still opt for this garbage planet with these mm-hmm. questionable mm-hmm. guys. I mean, they don't even know these guys. Yeah. They but just I met think, them five minutes ago. I think that is still something that exists today in 2013. Well, there is- are women out there in society that sort of let the let themselves sort of be mm-hmm. limited in, in, in what they can do um, sure. or get trapped in, you know, in um, situations that they could easily get out of or could get out of with a little bit of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think yeah. it speaks to the nature of humans in general sort Maybe. of, you know, sort of boiling themselves down to the lowest common denominator and taking the easy way out a lot. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I understand that, and I understand that that's the that's the reality that we're living in today. But I don't like I don't want to accept that as a vision of the future because mm-hmm. there's so many great things that happen in Star mm-hmm. Trek that it, it makes a, a great view of the future where races are equal, mm-hmm. men and women are equal, and it, I, I just this episode to me kind of flies in the face of that. Mm-hmm. That that ethos. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This mm-hmm. is just something that's tough for me to swallow. Do you think though that that's also sort of um, a result of this episode sort of occurring so early in the series? Potentially. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Yeah. Um, from mm-hmm. a, from a writing aspect, I mean, it, it of course it is it, it based reflects, on a story by it Gene Roddenberry, Roddenberry yeah. and which surprised the hell out of me. Which again could be sort of based, and you mentioned this earlier in the in the episode, based on you know the sort of society's you know you know vision or yep. you know um, yep you know you know the way they they looked at and treated women in the mid sixties yep. and oh yeah you know Roddenberry you know probably wasn't you know, as advanced as he'd like to think, think that the was, culture right? of the yeah. show was, mm-hmm. he was still a man living in the mid 1960s. Yep, yep, yeah. So now we've lost Eve. She's yeah. out uh, in the in the tundra. Yeah, for for over three hours. For over three they, hours. They were using which, the, the ships. Uh, wow, man! I don't know how she could survive out in that sandstorm for that yeah. long, unless well, she's found some sort of shelter. Yeah. Well, last episode we saw Sulu and those crew members spend quite a few hours in sub-zero temperatures, sub-hundred degree, you know. But uh, they were warming <laughs> phasers with rocks, man. Uh-oh, magnetic storm's getting worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of them are missing. Mm-hmm. So so uh, Childress and the, the woman are, are missing. Mm-hmm. Kirk is 
visibly concerned. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think is interesting here is we're seeing some we're we're seeing the bridge here. The color palette they used mm. on the bridge with the reds. That <laughs> that's one thing that I I I kind of miss in the yeah. even the, the, the theatrical versions of Trek yeah. and even these these the reboot Trek they did in two thousand nine and, yep. and earlier yep. this yep. year. Well, uh from what I read the 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 reason why you have such a a great use of of bright colors in this was because this was the beginning of uh, of the the true adoption of color TV and NBC uh, uh, wanted to be the um, uh, the uh, or, at the forefront they wanted to be the first all color okay. network yeah. right uh-huh. so uh, the philosophy of this was you know what we're we're going to be the first color network let's give them color man. Mm-hmm. Let's load this show up yeah. with as much color. So you have like a lot of reds. You have the colorful buttons all mm-hmm. over the place. You have the the yellow light there in the background. And, yeah, you know you got the colorful uniforms. Mm-hmm. Now so, the one thing that also interests me about the bridge here is, I guess it looks a little bit darker in the back, but you'd think that they would be running on sort of a reduced, you know, essential, yep, um, you know, um, equipment. You know, um, sort of a system. You know, a status here. You know, you sure. think that different levels they would run out, and that a lot of the bridge wouldn't be lit up if it, you know, if it didn't really serve any purpose. Yeah. So here's Eve, sort of, uh, you know, doing what she does best. Yeah, is. we're gonna get this fucking Beauty and the Beast nonsense here. This guy's a total d bag. Yeah, total he, d bag. He's basically playing down her. Uh, you know, um, he's he's machoing it up here, and he's saying, uh, you know, don't think that you know you're gonna, you know, horrible, completely uh, sweep me away here with your with your cooking. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of neat here because Eve gives it right back to him. She says, oh, I'm, she does. I'm doing the best with what you what left. Yeah, and you left me pots that pretty much had your leavings mm-hmm. on them. And she says, you never thought. To just hang the the pots outside to get sandblasted and cleaned. (laughs) So she basically calls him, uh, you know, she calls his intelligence into question a little bit here. Yeah, and here he is. Uh, You know, for a guy who was willing to threaten a starship captain for those women, he sure is being an unappreciative you, yeah. Well, you know Jerk what? He's, he's he's working from that playbook that says yeah, the best way to get a woman is to sort of, you know, show – don't show interest in her. So he's doing <laughs> that reverse psychology here that I guess, uh, you know, uh, men love to use on women so Yeah, I've much. never subscribed to that playbook. So this, this, this is jarring for me. <laughs> so uh, here she is saying, hey, yeah. you should why, – why not just let the pans be sandblasted? Here he goes, oh, I never thought about that. Her, her, her. And as much as he doesn't want to, he's also showing that the food sort of did taste good. Yep. Yeah. There you go. He's hung the pans out. And you know they don't have replicators down there. No. They still cook food manually. Yep. And look, round playing cards. Mm -hmm. But they still have diamonds, hearts. Mm -hmm. Spades. and Typical playing mm -hmm. cards survive Mm -hmm. into the future. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, not to get into all the whole history of playing cards here, but oh sure, you know the the 
the deck that we're used to with at least the four suits mm-hmm. dates back a couple hundred years oh, at, yeah. at our yep. point. So you'd imagine that a couple hundred years in the future they'd still oh, yeah. you know subscribe to that. Well, you know, you know what really I find stays. that quite upsetting because <laughs> you know that these playing cards survive, but I don't see Uno anywhere yeah. in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uno mm-hmm. didn't make it. Mm-hmm. And you'd also think that Shoots you know, and ladders didn't make it. Yeah, they've graduated to sort of a, a three dimensional chess mm. widening cards. You know, sort of evolve. Oh, as I couldn't well. have a four-dimensional mousetrap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Settlers of Catan. That's perfect for this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. And uh, Eve's starting to show a little bit of. Uh, she's not looking as fresh as she did when she got down there. No. No. Well, Mud's gonna have to come clean here. Mm-hmm. The Venus drugs. Yeah. And this is where we get sort of a little, a little. Uh, little placebo effect from Kirk here. They're going to slip her, um, basically the, the water pill version of the mm-hmm. Venus drug. And, um, and Eve is going to show results even without it. Um, which gets to your sort of, uh, thesis from the beginning of the episode that says, um, you know, confidence is really what matters. And it's, it's not the, you know, the, um, the external, mm. you know, um, yep. beauty that, uh, that a woman shows. Yeah. Uh-oh. He's putting it together. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. You've been had. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, Childress is down with it, saying, hey, you know, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the external beauty is really what I care about. Yeah. Subspace radio <laughs> marriage. <laughs> That's a great name for either a band yeah, or an album. Man. Subspace radio <laughs> marriage. We should title this episode of the podcast yeah, Subspace. <laughs> oh, God. Radio marriage. Yeah, this guy's basically saying, hey, you're kind of uh, mm-hmm. kind of ungrateful. Total D-bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a little bit of commentary going down here. There is. You know. There is. But, you know, the, the episode itself, everything leading up to this particular scene doesn't really uh, fit this outcome of the show. You know what I mean? It, 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 all, it doesn't support that as being the overall philosophy of the show. You only yeah. realize that part in the last couple of minutes of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Now, her physical appearance does change slightly yeah. here, uh-huh. though. So... And look at Kirk. Yeah. I think Kirk's really proud of the fact that, uh, well, it looks like her makeup's been touched up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Yeah, come on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is all just completely based on the, uh, the fact that she thinks she took the drug. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's, you know, it's amazing to me that, that, she is obviously an intelligent woman. Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Why she would choose this life boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. Why she would stay with this obviously ungrateful douchebag in horrible conditions when she could be on a starship in space or they could take her anywhere. Mm-hmm. Could take her to any any place. She could uh, – obviously she has tons of potential with her intelligence. Mm-hmm. But she opts to stay with this idiot on this barren, horrible – what kind of life is that? Why would you – for a guy that you just met. Yeah. Well, maybe she's not – you know, maybe she's kind of content with that sort of 
you know, sort of down home, you know. This is not down home. Little, but there's not a lot of hustle and bustle. You know, you're away from the, you know, the hustle and bustle of the city life. You can't go outside for more than two <laughs> minutes or you're dead. Your skin is flayed off of your body by the sandstorm. Uh, I mean, come on, man. Come on. There's no, you can't go to the movies. You know, there's no Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, what do they got? What does she got there? Some pots and pans and, cars. and rocks. She can play oh, solitaire oh. for days. Oh, I'll tell you, nobody can get tired of solitaire. <laughs> All right, mm-hmm. and now now the uh, he's finally given up the crystals. Yep, coming aboard with the lithium crystals. They should upgrade the dilithium. Yeah, and now they're asking how many are coming up. Oh boy! And the girls all decide to stay down oh, on planet. Oh man, what a what a sham! What a sham! <laughs> Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold on this. And Mud is going with them of ultimately course. to face uh, face charges. And Mud's trying to say, "Hey, you can you know leave me behind. Say it was an accident." And Mud is saying this planet would be punished. punishment enough, which is a little bit of a sort of a, a. He's supporting my position. Yeah, but it's it's also kind mm-hmm. of a little hint at. What Kirk ultimately punishes someone with in Space Seed. Yep. You know, which leads to one of the greatest movies in the Star Trek mm-hmm. um, film franchise. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, here we are. We're getting close to the end here. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's it's time yeah. to start talking about the essential nature of this show. And I'm going to flat out say that I, I agree with a lot of your arguments about a lot of things that makes you cringe with this show. But I have to say that... Um, if not for any other reason than the fact that the show introduces the character of Harry Mudd, we also got to see Kirk sort of not sort of tip over to, to demands when they were in a really, really tight spot. So I think sort of the, the, um, the stance that Kirk takes there, saying that he's basically willing to sacrifice the Enterprise for a greater good... Um, and also the fact that we get Harry, the introduction of Harry Mudd, who pops up mm-hmm. in future episodes, that those two things alone make this an essential episode. Okay. All right. Well, I, obviously I'm going to disagree, uh-huh. and I'm going to say this is not an essential episode. And while I do, I, I do agree with um, Kirk being tough in the face of adversity, being willing to uh, give up the ship, I think you'll see that happen in other episodes. I think you'll see uh, better examples of that in tighter spots. Uh, And, you know, they did introduce Mud in this episode, but I do think that the second appearance of Mud is far superior to this in every possible way. It's a smarter episode. Uh, It's much better use of the characters themselves. And uh, I I just don't think that this, you know, Mud is cool and it's a great character, but I think he's much better used in uh, I Mud, which is coming up later down the road. So I'm going to go ahead and say this for me is not an essential episode. So right. we are at odds. <laughs> okay. Hey, it's not the first time, and I'm sure it won't, won't be, be the last, last time. So uh, thanks, as always, for uh, sitting here and watching uh, Star Trek with us. Yep, yep. We will be back next week with uh, what our little girls made of. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Thank mm-hmm. you.
July 4th, this place was a madhouse. All these guys are running around in their cute little white wigs. But at noon, they stopped. Because I, senor nobles, was serving my burrito ranchero platter. A big tortilla filled with beef topped with my special sauce served with beans and salad. I said whoever eats the most signs his name the biggest. You can still see a little sauce by John Hancock's name. Try the legendary burrito ranchero of senor nobles.